Thank you, Jan. What a beautiful song. Thank you for sharing with us today. Well, would you take your Bibles, would you please? Turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. We're continuing our series of where the Bible talks about there's certain individuals in the Bible, a certain woman, a certain man, a certain place. And here in the Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38 through verse 42, we're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture, a passage of Scripture that identifies two personalities of two sisters. And in these personalities, you're going to notice that their personalities are different, their temperament is different, It reminds me of the family of God. We're all different. And we all have different types of personalities and different types of of temperaments. And we all have special gifts that are different as well. So with your Bibles open, would you stand with me in presence of the Word of God and giving Him, giving the Word of God reverence and honor today. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. Now it happened as they went that they entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. She was giving the Lord a tongue lashing, was she not? How dare this lady? Can you imagine giving the Lord a tongue lashing? Have you ever done that? I'm afraid that sometimes in our despair, we may have said some things to the Lord that we probably should not have said. And I think that Martha had it probably do over with, she probably wished she had never said these words. It's amazing when you say something, you think, my, did that come out of me? Well... And in verse 41, it says, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. <laughs> Can't you just imagine? The Lord says, I'd like to really slap you, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> he says, You were worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Oh, my. Father, as we study this passage of Scripture this morning, we just pray that the Spirit of God might just give us insight of some spiritual nuggets here today and to glean upon those nuggets that we might be corrected and convicted and 
encouraged as well. May the filling and the anointing of your Holy Spirit be not only on the preaching of the word, but Lord of the hearing as well. Help us, dear Lord, not to be hearers only, but to be doers. Father, fill this place with your presence of your Holy Spirit. Do works in the hearts of individuals that would be beyond our imagination. Thank you now, dear Lord, for your mighty presence. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I look at this passage of Scripture, no doubt immediately as we have noticed that there was Martha upset with her sister. It's not unusual for brothers and sisters, especially when they're young, to fight with one another and to uh, have those arguments. Even as we get older, we find ourselves. It almost reminds you of the Christian family, does it not? It almost reminds you of the local Baptist church, that we all are different, and sometimes we say things, and sometimes we do things that we probably, if we had thought about it, we probably wouldn't have said it or done it exactly that particular way. Hurts feelings. It hinders relationships. And yet, the Lord has spared this story in His precious Word for you and I to glean upon this morning to gain some valuable valuable lessons. The Bible reminds us that Jesus was passing through Bethany. No doubt he'd been through Bethany many, many times. And uh, probably one of his favorite places of being and going after all the hustle and bustle of the day was going to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They were special friends. And so as Martha was talking to the Lord Jesus Christ, she recognized who he was, but she also recognized he was a friend, that she could talk to him and to express her feelings in a very special way. What I'd like for us to do today, I'd like for us to go visit that home. And I'd like for us to kind of eavesdrop, be like the fly on the wall, and just begin to listen to their conversations and to watch their actions and to see exactly what went on in their lives and to see how it compares with our lives many, many, many times. So, let's go into that home. And there's three things that I want you to see about that home. First of all, I want you to notice the Savior that is in the home. The Bible says in verse 38, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. You often find Jesus going into homes. Many, many times the scripture spoke about that Jesus had visited a certain individual 
in their home. And I think that says something. The home to the Lord Jesus Christ is a very special place. It becomes that haven. It becomes that place of where you can isolate yourself from all of your problems and all your cares and all your troubles and to go home and to find rest and to find peace. I'm reminded that Jesus went to Peter's home in Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. I'm reminded that Jesus went to Matthew's home in chapter 8, verse 10. I'm reminded that Jesus went to the Pharisees' home in Luke chapter 7, verse 36. I'm reminded, as we looked at several, several weeks ago, that Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house and had dinner with him there in Luke chapter 19, verse 5. One of the most special places to have the Lord Jesus Christ is to have him in your home. Now you stop and you think about it. It's important that Christ is in my heart. But I want him also in my home. I want people, when they come into my home, feel his presence. And to recognize that he is not only present, but that he has done a work within this home. And so it's very important that the type of homes that we have. You'll notice that Jesus was an invited guest. The Bible says that Martha had invited him into her home, into her house. In other words, Martha had opened the front doors. She had received him as a very special guest. As I said earlier, no doubt that in his travels that you can imagine of the pressure that the Lord Jesus Christ had probably been under for a number of times as the Pharisees were hurling accusations and making remarks to him and questioning him and questioning his authority, that he needed a break. And the resort of that particular day For the Lord Jesus Christ, as he was entering into Bethany, was to go to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. She invited him into our home, into her home. Now, I want to ask you a question. Have you invited him into your home? Oh, I didn't ask you if you invited him into your, into your heart. But have you personally said, Lord Jesus Christ, I want you into my home, and I want your presence to be made known. I want your presence to be revealed as people come into this house that they will recognize that you're here. G. Campbell Morgan, that great, great preacher, he said right after he first got married that he had invited his mom and dad to visit their home. 
And his dad went through the house and he looked at the furniture and he looked at the pictures and he looked at what was on the tables and everything like that. He says, you have a fine house. He said, but I cannot tell whether who you belong to, whether you belong to God or belong to the devil. G. Campbell Morgan said, that really convicted him. He said he wanted people that as they entered into their home, whether it may be a book, whether it be a picture, or whether it be some type of expression, that they know that as they entered into that home, that Jesus was welcome into that home. That's important. That may be such a witness that you may never realize people who come and enter to your home and they might see a picture of the Lord or a picture or a verse of Scripture or some type of ornament or something that would signify that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and that this house is the Lord's house. Amen. Have you ever blessed your home? Have you ever had a time that as you entered into that home and said you took time out, maybe read some scripture, and to say, Lord, you are welcome here. I remember when we first built our home, one of the very first things that we did, we opened up the word of God as we entered into that first night or two in our new home. And we prayed a prayer, Lord, we pray that your hand of protection would be upon this home. That nothing would enter into this home that would bring any type of blemish or damage to the name of Christ. We pray that you would bless this home and that you would use this home for your honor and for your glory. If you have not done that, I would encourage you to do that because Jesus wants to be invited into your home. You'll see that quite well here. But you'll notice that Jesus was not only invited, but Jesus was an intimate guest. He was just not anybody. Here was the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, And no doubt that Mary and Martha's home was probably one of the Lord's favorite resorts. John tells us in John chapter 11, verse 15, says, Thou, Jesus, loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. They were very special to the Lord Jesus Christ. He had a relationship, a friendship with them, probably like no other person that on the face of the earth at that particular time. Jesus had a special relationship that existed not only temporarily, but for eternal. Here we find Jesus, that intimate guest. But let's go a step further. Not only do I want you to notice the Savior that's in that home, but how about the sisters? 
Now it gets interesting. It's amazing of how we act sometimes in our homes that we won't act outside of our homes. Mommy and daddy can say things and do things that little brother and little sister will see that they would never see outside that home. We have to be careful what we do in our homes. These sisters, as I've already said, was very different. They had a different personality. They had a different type of uh, temperament. And you'll notice the frame of mind, especially of Martha. As you will notice that as Martha was in that home, but the first thing I want you to notice about these sisters of Mary, of her sitting. The Bible says in verse 39, but who also, Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet, and heard his word. Now, I want you to notice what the Bible says there. Very significant. That Mary is sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that is very significant. Especially in the Middle East. In the Middle East, when somebody would sit at the feet of someone, it had two particular reasons for it. First of all, it was a reason that spoke of the significance of reverence. Reverence. It spoke about an activity of worship. So what was Mary doing? There in her home, she was exercising reverence and worship. But they have, there's another particular reason for someone sitting at someone's feet. Back during the Middle Eastern days as Mary was, and is that not only she was sitting there to worship, but she was sitting there as a disciple to learn. That's what people would do. If a teacher would come to town, or if a teacher was going to teach that their students would come and they would gather around their feet. And as that teacher would begin to illustrate and begin to teach certain truths, those disciples would be like little chicks waiting for the mother hen to feed them. This is the way the picture of Mary. Mary was being discipled by the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? I mean, it's one thing for somebody to disciple someone, but can you imagine being discipled by the Lord Jesus Christ? Mary here, she was receiving words from the Lord Jesus Christ, and she was hanging on to every single word that Jesus spoke at that time. I think it's interesting. (laughs) You go back and you study in the Bible of how certain individuals, where they are when Jesus comes around. Mary always was at the feet of Jesus. Every time that 
the scriptures speak of Mary, she's at the feet of Jesus. I'm reminded that here at this particular time that she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. John chapter 11, verse 32, the Bible says that she fell down at the feet of Jesus. And then, of course, John chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says that she wiped his feet with her hair. Always at the feet of Jesus, signifying I'm worshiping, I'm honoring, I'm in reverence of who you are. But I'm also a disciple learning, being developed, growing. Oh, how we need to be like Mary. That is, people would see us, they would see us at the feet of Jesus, honoring him and worshiping him and glorifying him. You know what we were doing just a few moments ago as Brother Gerald was so wonderfully leading us before the throne? We were at the feet of Jesus, praising him, honoring him. My friend, if you can't sit at the feet of Jesus, there's something wrong with your heart. If you don't have a desire to sit at his feet, you need to check your relationship and your fellowship. But we go and we find Martha. Now, sometimes we, if we're not careful, we'll say that, We'll put a bad perspective toward Martha. But now you got to realize this was her personality. She loved Jesus just as much as Mary did. She just expressed it different. Martha was one that served. Martha was serving. The Bible says in verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Where Mary was sitting, Martha was serving. Mary was a worshiper. Martha was a worker. Martha had opened the door of her her home to the Lord. I can almost imagine how Martha was. She wanted everything to be just exactly right for Martha. She is busy preparing the meal. Martha wanted to do what she could for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need some Marthas in our churches today. Not only do we need some Marys sitting at the feet, but we need some Marthas that are serving and working and expressing their gifts to the glory of God. Amen. Heard about one preacher. He was preaching on Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. Let me read that verse of Scripture. It says, They brought to him all sick people, who were afflicted with diverse diseases. The preacher said, 
Now, doctors can scrutinize you. They can analyze you, and sometimes they can cure you. But if you have diverse diseases, only the Lord can cure you. He goes a step further, and he said, you know what diverse diseases are? He says it's those people after Sunday school, they're diving to their car and leaving the church. They're diving, going home and turning on the uh, TV and watching the golf channel or whatever. They're, as the offering plate comes by, they're diving for their nickels and dimes and giving it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Divers' diseases. We need people that don't have divers' diseases. Mary was someone that God had worked in her life in such a special way that she was expressing her love to the Lord Jesus Christ by serving. One of the greatest, greatest things that a man or a woman can do is to serve the Lord. I can hardly believe and understand how if you're a Christian and God has saved you and he has redeemed you, that you don't want to serve him. Now, as I said so many, many times, God, when he saved you, he placed in your life a special gift. And these gifts are for a purpose for you to use to serve him. And sir, if you're not serving him, God have mercy on you. There's opportunities of service every day. Like a Martha. So what have we done? We've noticed the Savior in the home. We've noticed these sisters in the home. But oh, here comes the sermon. Jesus has a sermon. And he begins to express them. The Bible says in verse 40, Martha is getting upset. She's ready to pull her hair out. All because she turns around and she looks at Mary, and Mary's just sitting there. Probably the biscuits are burning. (laughs) Dust is on the table. Hadn't been... The plates hadn't been placed upon the table and the spoons and forks and the knives. And Mary's just sitting there. Her action was to the reaction that she gave, and she gave the Lord a word. And the Bible says that she gave the Lord a tongue lashing, the Lord turned around and gave her a tongue lashing. He gave her a sermon. There's two things that you should notice here in this sermon. First of all, the anxiety of Martha. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Can't you see Martha apron on, on 
She probably has flour on her hands where she's been making those biscuits. She probably has her hair up in a bun. She's probably got her sleeves rolled up. And here she was just herring around that kitchen and trying to make sure everything is just right. She's trying to prepare the meal and want it to be just exactly right. And she was probably behind schedule. Jesus is sitting in there in the uh, living room. And probably she thinks, man, I should have had dinner on the, on the table 15 minutes ago. And if Mary had been in here, I would have been able to do this. No, she's just sitting in there, sitting at his feet, doing nothing. Her anxiety, her blood pressure was rising and rising. The word here, this frustration, is sometimes we'll notice that it means being anxious, very anxious. And she begins to complain and complain. Have you ever noticed people sometimes that when they're working and they're serving, they do it for the wrong reasons sometimes? They do it to be recognized. They do it, and, and, and as they're serving, they wonder why where others are not serving, and they begin to complain. Well, they don't do what I do. Here she is, turns around and gives orders to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure that the Lord probably thought, wow, do you know who you're talking to, my my dear sister? Frustrated. The problem wasn't with Mary, the problem was with Martha. And really, if she had taken a strong look at Mary, it would have solved Martha's problems. Yes, we need to serve, but we also need to worship. There needs to be input as well as output. And if you don't have the input, you cannot have the output. And that's exactly what's wrong with a lot of Christians today. They, they say they get burnt out on, for the Lord. And what it is, they're constantly outputting and never inputting. Right. Worshiping. Worship and work, they go hand in hand. You've got to have a Martha and you've got to have a Mary in you, my friend. Amen. So, Mary was the solution to Martha's problems all along if Martha had only recognized it. But, not only the anxiety of Martha, but notice the answer that Jesus gives. The Bible says in verse 41, he says, Martha, Martha. 
Now, when he said those two words, I believe her ears pierced up. They perked up because I'm sure he just didn't say Martha, but he said, Martha, Martha. I remember when I was growing up, and if my dad would call me in, or my mom would call me in from um, playing, and I didn't come the first time, they would call me the second time, and they would say, not Kelly, but Kelly Jackson. And when they said that, I knew I better start running. It was almost like that. That Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Jesus was speaking to to Martha about her worry. Martha, quit worrying. The world is not going to come to an end if we don't eat at 6 o'clock. Just calm down. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing. Speaks of worrying. Heard about a story one time about Archbishop Trench. He was a great New Testament scholar. And he had this fear and he constantly worried that he was losing strength and feelings of his limbs. One particular night, he was at this state dinner. A bunch of dignitaries were there. And it was a very quite eloquent type of setting. And then all of a sudden, he spoke up. He said, I knew it. I knew it. I cannot feel my leg. And about that time, a lady sat beside of him and says, Dear Grace, That's not your leg that you're pinching. You're pinching mine. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that so many times we worry about things that never happen? My mother was such a worry wart. She worried because she didn't have nothing to worry about. Martha was a worrier. She worried and she worried. Jesus was interested in her worry, and he was interested in her work. Jesus said something. He said, or she said to the Lord, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now, if we're not careful, we're going to overlook something that is very, very important in this passage of Scripture. Did you notice he said, she has left me? In other words, Mary had been working. Mary hadn't just sat there at the feet of Jesus the whole time. By the statement of Martha, she was saying, there was a time that Mary was working. 
She was serving. But then there came a time where she left that. And she went to worship. At some point of time, this sister felt like that it was more important to worship than it was to serve and to work. Jesus said to her, this is the sermon. Look what he says in verse 42. Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. That word part means fellowship. She's not going to take away, he's not going to take away this fellowship that she had with the Lord Jesus Christ. The anxiety, the frustration that we often find of doing God's work. My friend, the best thing you can do is just sit down and worship. Amen. When it comes to this time of worrying and being frustrated, to worship I'm so afraid that we think that worship only comes and is involved on one day a week from 1030 to 11 on a Sunday morning in our church my friend I want you to understand worship should be every day of your life service and work should be every day of your life And Jesus was saying to Martha, Martha, you could learn some valuable lessons just by looking and observing Mary. You know, I feel sorry for people who come into the worship hour even on a Sunday morning and they'll walk out the doors of the church and say, I didn't get a thing in the world out of that. It's not a matter of what you get out of it. It's a matter of what you put into it. And you're not going to get something out of something if you have not already put something in it. That's That's why I like for our worship to be alive. Exciting. That's why I like when we come together and if we want to lift our hands, we lift our hands. If we want to say glory, hallelujah, we say glory, hallelujah. If we want to say amen, we say amen. I want us to have that freedom. That freedom to be able to worship because my friend, he is worthy of our praise and of our service. Lord Jesus, thank you so much.